last weekend on WGT, we actually gave away $300 plus some really cool DNVR swag. We had our first major on WGT on the assorted DNVR clubhouses. The winner of the closest to the pin challenge got $200 cash. The second place finisher got 100. The third place finisher got a free DNVR hat, shirt, and mask. And it literally took like five minutes at the most to play this WGT event. So that's some fast money. 200 bucks for winning a virtual golf tournament on WGT. We're the only ones that do stuff like that. Uh, at DNVR. So make sure to download WGT. Don't miss out on these tournaments going forward. Search for the DNVR 3 Country Club. You'll automatically be entered into all the tournaments, all the events that we do every weekend. Make sure to download WGT from DNVRGolf.com. Don't miss out on those cash prizes again. What's up, everybody? Welcome to part two of our 10 biggest takeaways of the 2020 season, really 2019 and 2020 season. We recorded this as one big episode, but cut it up into two because it was such a behemoth. So without further ado, let's jump right back into our previously recorded conversation, wrapping up the 10 biggest storylines of the 2020 season. Eric, you just sent me a picture of Vladko Chanchar. You guys seen Have this? you guys seen this? This Have is so this? clearly photoshopped. I can't believe you guys are falling for this. It is, right? Yes. There's no, I don't, I don't be, know. Right? I don't know. Are you, his right arm looks enormous and his left Look arm Look at his tiny, neck. So he has two different skin tones. Let me, let me. I don't know. Man. Well, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's on right. his official IG though. Actually, no, that's a, well, hold on. I, let, let me do a little, because look at the way his fists are know, also man. casting shadow down onto his biceps. It's the same I'm way. Ready to te- I got to text this mother. Yeah, this is, a, I'm, I'm ready to, I'm, I'm certifying this is real. Can you get him real. on the Zoom right now? Can you call him up and get him on the Zoom vote? I'm, see I'm certifying I this is real. This is real. Uh, I, I think there's a decent chance that this is real, man. This is real. That's crazy. Dude, if it's real, I'm gonna lose my I mind. can't believe you guys are falling for this. I cannot believe it. <laughs> he looks like SpongeBob. I'm, I'm analyzing this right now. I'll, I'll, I'll come back with my official report. I know I just certified. We got it. a non-video mail form corner here. <laughs> Prop two mail form. Number six, it looks like seven, is uh, the fan base is back. This one is interesting because I went back and was listening to some podcasts from of mine from 2016. 17 18 for different things and it was hilarious to me how much we talked about like nobody being at the games this is just not the case it's such an afterthought now like this fan base this i don't want to go all the way out and declare this a denver nuggets town <laughs> but it's as close to a denver nuggets town as we have ever been i mean the nuggets are the nuggets and abs easily the two best teams in the oh, city yeah. most exciting teams people are starting to connect with them i felt like this was the year the fan base got over the hump. Now it came in a pandemic year, so maybe it kills everything. But I do feel like there was more excitement, enthusiasm, and more people with their eyeballs on the Nuggets this year than than in my previous six years covering the team. That's how it works here in Denver, baby. Like this town loves a winner. Uh, when yeah, you know, like John Elway was telling us all to let's get ready to Matumbo back in the day. Like <laughs> when the you know the that's the thing is it's it's not that people don't care about the nuggets it's just they they're not willing to go through it like if the nuggets show promise like the the city will absolutely get behind them without question like i i just know it um i've seen it happen time and time again it's just a the the truest thing about denver unfortunately uh, unless you're talking about the broncos although we're going to start to see some of that there's cool stuff to do 
there's cool stuff to do in Denver, especially so in the winter. Especially in the winter. Especially in the winter. Like watching Julius Hodge on a 23 yeah. win team. And people are like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not into yeah. it. I'm going to go to the yeah. mountains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 do some of the other awesome things there are. No doubt. In but um, you know, I mean, we were going to the every game. We were feeling the energy in that in that building, we're just that, yeah. swelling and swelling. The big moments getting even bigger and bigger and more fun and more impactful. Um, and now, you know, I told you I use the ultimate. Uh, gauge for whether or not the Nuggets have made it. And that's that my mother knows who Nikola Jokic is. So now that that's happened, my mom knows who Nikola Jokic is. The threshold has been reached and uh, we're, it, it's, it's go time. Let's go. I feel like you see more jerseys than than before than maybe we've even bet, the better jerseys because well, yeah, they saw, have also looking jerseys, awesome looking jerseys. They do have too. awesome looking. That is a big part of it. But maybe that's that even maybe that's a bigger. We, we part talked about that during the rebrand, like the timeliness of the rebrand. Yeah. It, with the, with the ascension it. of the they team, it was just it. all. It's just exactly but what you want to see. Even in '09 and like the the, the mellow years, mellow jersey was what everybody had. An Iverson jersey maybe a Kenyon Martin jersey and then like maybe a Camby jersey. I don't really remember seeing anything else. Maybe J.R. Smith. It just wasn't, it was mellow, right? It was yeah. mellow and then Chauncey or AI. You see Jokic and Murray jerseys a lot. You see Porter jerseys. Mm-hmm. Like you, we saw Gary Harris jerseys from the diehards at the arena and stuff. I just feel like this team has a lot more guys. You're going to see Bull Bull jerseys oh, next yeah. year. You better believe it. If he's still on the, still in the squad. So I just feel like there's a lot of different guys for people to connect to now. It, it happened quick. And I think even more so than the Nuggets getting to the Western Conference Finals, I believe a lot of just kind of the uptick and maybe interest and enthusiasm across the city kind of coincided with Jamal Murray's ascension. Because, I mean, I think Nikola Jokic has a very sexy game. A lot of people still don't. A lot of people in Denver still don't. Everybody thinks Jamal Murray has a sexy game, though. Yeah. Like, Jam- Jamal Murray's game, his shot-making. Jokic got a little four-pack. Jokic <laughs> <laughs> only has the sexy bod. <laughs> yes. But Jamal Murray's game is very identifiable if you're a casual Definitely. NBA fan. That's and I-, I think a lot of people kind of got on the bandwagon when Jamal Murray was ascending. And I don't think those things are separate. Yeah, this the biggest bummer for me about this postseason run is not getting to see the fans in the can. Of course, oh, the next thought is they don't do two, three, one comebacks in a normal home and away structure. Yeah, but maybe no they way. dominate at home, you know. Sure, right. Yeah, I definitely. And and you know, I can't speak to 09 guys at all. Um, I don't think you really need me to explain when I got here three years ago. The only Nuggets jerseys I saw were the two editions ago prior and they were being worn by homeless people on the Capitol lawn. Like it's, and now <laughs> you're walking around Unhomed. and it's You'd like, like, see him pop up in Ross. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Marshall. Like, is that a Ty Lawson jersey? Yeah. But I mean, seriously, now before game time, just walking around Denver, especially when we still could, you're seeing these jerseys, you know, yeah. I wonder where those people are going to watch the game. We know now it's the DNVR <laughs> bar, but you used to be around out all day. And it's like, dude, that, of them. that guy's just, that guy's just yeah. rocking a Nuggets jersey. And, and yeah. that their cultural footprint over the last three, four years has exploded. It helps that they're the best show in town right now. Yeah. But I, I just, you know, at the moment, there is no off season for talking. About <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, it's also a team full of like folk heroes. It's not, you know, we don't have mm. the Carmelo Anthony. We don't have Kobe Bryant. We have right. like all of these like guys that you could like really root for. They are, they just embody, they, are they embody the underdog. Um, and, they are folk heroes. And there's like just that. every one yeah. of them is just like fun Great. in and of their own way. There's no guys in this team that you're like, eh, if we could just, you know, like 
except for that guy. Like, there's always been an except yeah, for yeah. that guy. Like, oh, cool, the Nuggets are cool. Except for, uh, Nate Robinson's kind of a jerk or whatever. Like, um, right, this right. is just like fully a fully lovable squad that wins in a way that is like very palatable to the, the the hearts and minds of the city of Denver. They just do it the right way. They're not like out there like clowning guys like getting their face you know like we're not trash talking we're just like very workmanlike and it just it really speaks to <clears throat> the way that the, the denver views itself and so it just it, it, it's everything is just a perfect dovetail like i mean the nugget this is the nuggets time mm-hmm. they built yeah, it the it right is. way we've been talking about it the whole time but like now people are really starting to take notice and there's just something so lovable about Every member of this team. And, Every which is like, a, key member of this team has such an interesting story and such totally. an interesting path. And it's just so perfect. And we're sure. so blessed to have this team here. The one the one exception is probably Michael Porter Jr. We'll see how this like... Even uh, him, man. Even him. He, he's got a well, story that's different than everybody else. You know? It's true. I mean, his is like the more traditional NBA story. The only thing that's like lovable about him is that he was overlooked because he had uh, massive back surgery. Yeah, but you know what? No, I wrote this <laughs> thing about him back when I was with Denver Stiffs, back when they drafted him about how he is the antithesis of the nuggets but then was forced to become exactly like them through his misfortune like yeah he was the one guy that everybody saw coming until he arrived and then nobody saw him coming that's why he fell to 14 and it's true although you saw like you saw like a little personality clash potentially like going down the stretch with the michael porter jr doctrine and uh well we'll we'll see yeah we'll save it we'll save that because obviously that's coming up next one on my board the Nuggets need shooting. Oh, my God. Um, we've known this in that one, I think, for a while. You hoped Gary Harris would provide that. Maybe it would look different if Will Barton was here. But the Nuggets need shooting. And um, it's funny because it's so hard to get both defense and shooting, although there's more and more players coming. The Nuggets need both. And I think that's going to be hard to find. But there's a part of me that watches this team and goes, if they just had one or two more shooters on the court. We talked about Malik Beasley. There's a part of me that thinks – if you played Malik Beasley, Michael Porter, Jeremy Grant around Jokic Marie, they probably would give up 130 and still win every single game. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see how the front office handles that specific question. I know they value shooting. You can see that in their draft picks. But are they? how much are they going to try to throw shooting at Malone and say, here you go, score a bunch of I'm points? I'm surprised we what got no Troy Daniels minutes for that reason. No. I'm not. I mean, just I don't know. Don't you think he could have? <laughs> don't you think he could have played the same role as Malik Beasley? I don't no. know that he one. I don't know that he's that great of a shooter. I think Better he's a very good has. shooter, but I don't know if he's like JJ Redick level great. But then also, man, one of the things I learned really from doing these George Carl shows, but even from watching this, is you identify, you figure out who you are over the course sure. of the season. You don't throw, throw Michael Porter. Part of why this season's so crazy is in the playoffs he became the piece that we thought he was going to be from the start. And that was tough, I think, on him. Troy Daniels, he's not good enough for you to say, like, okay, we're changing who we are. I know we worked on this thing for four years, but Troy Daniels, go out there. And the Los Angeles Lakers, who, like, needed role-player shooting, released him. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of tells you if if a finals contending team needed shooting, he he wouldn't have been available. What what was so interesting about the Nuggets' three-point shooting, and I really do wonder how much fatigue eventually caught up to them in the end against the Lakers because everybody trended down. We're just talking about, like, the team and then Jokic and Murray. They trended down over the course of the playoffs. Like, Denver ended up shooting 38% somehow in the playoffs, third among all teams. 
they went. F- yeah, but that's a lot. That was because the, the Jamal Murray and Nikola well, well, Jokic. I mean, those guys. Yeah, well, well, but what I'm saying is like Jokic, 48% against the Jazz, 40% against the Clippers, 36% against the Lakers. Murray, 52% against the Jazz, 44% against the Clippers, 31% against the Lakers. Same. So they trended down. Um, but the misses just felt really loud. Uh, especially in that Lakers series from guys like Grant, from guys like Gary Harris. They felt really loud. There was definitely Um, like a lot of like, no, 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 shooting like guys that would be wide open. Look, if if you're going to be a role player coming off the bench, you've got to be like an all NBA level defender if you are not a reliable shooter. Like if if you're Torrey Craig coming off the bench, you've got to be an absolute lockdown guy if you're not going to be totally consistent from three. And that's kind of where I think some of the Nuggets role players were faltering a little bit. Uh, Like I said, the top of the show, guys, a lot of us get our dental work done at Green Mountain Dental Group. Cleanings, uh, x-rays, exams, getting our wisdom teeth removed as well. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray exam with Green Mountain Mountain Dental Group, they will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush today. An awesome deal. One of the coolest uh, perks that any sponsor at the uh, on the DMVR podcast network has a free Sonicare toothbrush, an awesome electric toothbrush. Green Mountain Dental Group will give that to you when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. So hit them up today. They're located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. And also, guys, I know a lot of you have become hardcore Strava Craft coffee enthusiasts while listening to this podcast. Specifically for you, they have a subscription service. Strava Craft Coffee does now. You can get your coffee every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks with a subscription to Strava Craft Coffee, and you can get it for 20% off. We know a lot of you have used the DNVR 20 code uh, for 20% off your first order, but now you can use it to get 20% off any product that you are subscribing to. Uh, Hit them up, StravaCraftCoffee.com. Of course, we have it on cold brew at the bar. And like I said, you can get that subscription as well to get your coffee every two, two, three, four, six, or eight weeks, 20% off with the code DNVR20. We got to keep it moving, guys. Number two on the list, um, the second biggest story to me is Michael Porter. We finally got to see him. This is the, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong with how I phrase this. Michael Porter becomes a, an enormous ceiling raiser for the Nuggets, yet is still a big question mark because to me, I would not at all be surprised if Michael Porter turned out to be the team's you know, best player. I think that's going to be hard to get to, especially after you watch Jamal and what he did and you've seen Jokic, you think it's not just about the, t- the talent is 50% of it. The other 50% is made up of all these other things. And those are the big question marks for him. But when you just look at talent, we didn't know what Michael Porter was going to be. I think we look at him now and go, this dude is a scorer, a flat out shooter, a flat out scorer. And if they can work him into this and, and keep him, if it becomes a big three, not just a dynamic duo, this Nuggets team vote, I think your phrasing was Murray and Jokic make the Nuggets a contender. MPJ makes them, uh, can make them a champion and Bull Bull can make them a dynasty. <laughs> so if you hit on all those, but Michael Porter to me is that part. If they trade him, they better get back, in my opinion, a lot for him because if you don't get a lot Slam for him, dunk. I'm just like, okay, now you have some good players that are just always going to get beat by the Anthony Davis, LeBron duos of the world, whatever what that is, because you need that top ceiling level talent and he represents it. I don't know. I mean, I think it's not just that he's talented. I think he's the exact player they need. 
creates mm. mismatch problems. He cuts well off ball. He's a rebounder. He can grow into shoes as a defender in a long boy system. Can contribute to that arising property. So I just think, um, you know, if you're looking, if you're looking at a win now piece, there's no better piece to move than MPJ, right? It's the most talent, least integral to what you're doing right now. But I just think best case scenario. I mean, even more so than a Drew Holiday or a Bradley Beal, I think what you want to do is spend 82 games working MPJ into the playbook, building his confidence, and it's just a guy that's going to be really hard to guard when you're worried about that two man game in the playoffs. Yeah, I think votes exactly right. Uh, they shouldn't trade him. I, I mean, even if like an Anthony Davis on the Pelican situation arises, I, I don't think they should trade him. And I don't think they seriously will think about it. I mean, they've gotten to this point sticking to a very clear script. And I don't think they're about to pivot from that now, especially after this run that they just went on. And like, like you just said, but I think you're right. Next season is about – starting him at small forward. It's about playing him 30 minutes a game. It's about making him the absolute third banana with this team because uh, there's no ceiling if he becomes the player that we all think he can after a regular season where he he is kind of the established guy, the established third guy. Um, Um, Go ahead. I was going to say, like, part of me wonders if you have not, by taking my taking a flyer on Michael Porter Jr., you know, in the face of like all of the injury concerns, the health concerns, and then shown the NBA that he absolutely still possesses that potential. Like, if it wouldn't just be smarter at this point to trade him and and like trade him at what could be his highest value. Like, I think health for him in a long term standpoint, like, is still a very big question. Sure. We didn't, we didn't, he didn't log a lot of minutes this year. You know, he spent a lot of time, you know, like us arguing that he should be playing more. His ankle was injured for a while. Obviously the, the bubble changed and the pandemic changed everything. Um, I mean, I think he's still like pure, pure potential. And I just wonder if, you know, like now wouldn't be the best time to just absolutely maximize um, sort of the world's fascination with him. Um, but I don't know, know if that fascination is as high as you think, though, you don't because think so? of those risk factors that you're Maybe. talking about. Like, Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Nuggets front office is going to be playing in a whole new world than they ever have before in, in this, uh, the, the way that they're currently constructed. Like, I, I feel like the phones are going to start ringing a lot more towards mm-hmm. them as opposed to them having to try and, like, you know, go out yeah. and, and try and create things. We, I mean, we have a lot of pieces here that I think are desirable for a lot of teams. And we are to the place now where, you know, teams can start to look at us as like, okay, you know, we as a franchise are not moving in the right direction. We have like these big, big name players, you know, maybe Denver would be interested in, in, in talking about moving some of their, you know, uh, up and coming players for, for, for these rebuilding teams. Um, so I, I don't know. I'll be really interested to see like Michael Porter jr. To me is just like the ultimate piece of candy. Like he could just be, he could be so provide so much to this team, but you know, like he, he, he could also be like ultimate tragedy. If we just hang on too long, I have no, I, idea almost, I almost feel like you're either going to have a Nurkic situation or, yeah. or a, a Beasley Wancho situation where you're like, okay, got rid of these guys and they're really good and right. whatever, or, you know, or you waited too long and didn't, you yeah, know, whatever. Totally. So it's, it's going to be, it's, it's tough, man. It's really, it's really tough. But for me, again, the, the, we don't skip steps nuggets. They know his medicals better than, than we do, of course, but 
He's just so good. He's he so, so good. good. And we saw a little bit of that in the seeding round. Think about that. We didn't see Michael Porter except for in January where he was awesome and the Nuggets were awesome. Then we saw him in the <laughs> seeding round. He was awesome. You get into the playoffs and he doesn't know how to defend. Now, can he defend? That's the big question. We talked after this on Saturday, we hung out and had some drinks after the game and we were talking and we compared him to Jabari Parker in a way. I mean, we think he's like way better than Jabari Parker, but like Jabari never figured out defense. He just never did. And because of that, he's like a sixth man scorer that you don't really, he's not. And he even had that quote Jabari did about defense isn't what gets paid. You sure talk did. about the, the, the attitude stuff. We don't know if, if Michael Porter is one capable of becoming a great defender mentally. And two, if he really, if he walks away from this playoffs the way we do going, man, if he just learns how to defend, he's going to be a superstar. We don't know that. The, the difference between him and Jabari is that the NBA is so much about environment. And it's so much about your situation. Yeah. Like Jabari, where did he start his career in Milwaukee on those god awful Bucks teams? Bounce around to a couple of other like middling Eastern Conference teams. Yeah. I, I feel confident that you know the right fundamentals, the the right values are going to be instilled and have been getting instilled in Porter here in Denver under Mike Malone. And I think he learned that, you know, he's got to become a good defender in these playoffs. I think looking back on it, that's definitely like going to be a watershed moment for him. If you guys are a first time freshman looking to go to college for the first time, maybe you're looking to finish up your degree. Make sure to check out MSU Denver online. Obviously online classes are in some parts of the country. The only way we can go to school these days and MSU Denver online, they've got the online thing down. They've been doing this for a long time. Myself and Ali Monroy here at DNVR, we both took classes with MSU Denver Online this past summer. It was an awesome experience. They have really good teachers who, like I said, know how to teach online. This isn't their first rodeo with this type of stuff. So they are super engaging. They want to help you. They want to help you learn. Uh, so they are super invested in what they're teaching. It was a great experience. Uh, so like I said, no matter what type of student you are, make sure to check out MSU Denver Online msudenver.edu backslash online. You can see their entire course list there. Also, guys, we are covering the entire Colorado rugby space here at DNVR. Reporter Colton Strickler is keeping you up to date on all things American rugby with the DNVR Rugby Podcast. And you can find his written rugby content right on our site alongside all of our other Denver sports coverage, thednvr.com. It was announced that Infinity Park in Glendale will be the new official training center for the men's and women's USA Eagles 15 teams. That's an awesome development. That means Colorado is the place to be for rugby in the United States. So make sure you're keeping up the speed with us and Colton on the DNVR Rugby Podcast. You can download it today wherever you get your podcasts from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. And again, make sure to check out all of his written content on thednvr.com as well. Um, let's move on to the last one. This is, you guys know we're in off season mode when our first podcast is an hour and a half. Like we forgot, we forgot how to structure a show that is not like I love it. about I love one it. topic. We, to, <laughs> uh, we haven't even gotten to Vlaco yet. You know, I guess. We, <laughs> did, did we get a verdict on the, the picture, Eric? The internet saying it's real, bro. It's real. I'm looking at it. It's the real. Vlaco Chancellor, backup center. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell him the the seven. Flatco Chanchar was the backup center, and he was a host. Do you remember those screens he would set and like roll so to the rim? Actually, like, what if hey. what if they told him like, look, we don't think you're ever going to play it forward, but if you can somehow become a center, we could really use you. 
or just like we're trying to figure out how to get an enforcer in Denver, and they should have just checked Vlaco into kick Dwight's ass, bro. Vlad the Impaler, man. Let's do, let's do it. <laughs> um, all right, the last one, and this is to me story nine, line number one on the season. Jamal Murray, superstar. I mean, his ascension um, is unlike anything we've ever seen, and I feel a hundred percent confident now going in with Jokic and Murray as your cornerstone pieces. You have to be, any championship team has to be kind of perfectly, unless you have LeBron James or Michael Jordan or maybe two or three at Shaquille O'Neal, two or three other players. Every championship team has to have the perfect mix of ingredients. But Denver, there's those cornerstone guys. Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray was the better player in two of the three series this year. I never thought that would happen in a single series, let alone two in one playoff run. Um, he's just absolutely fantastic, and the way him and Jokic play together is unparalleled. That to me, that's easily, easily storyline number one of this two, 2020 season. I don't even know if I have like that much to more to say about it, just because we it's the main thing we talked about through this entire playoff run. Um, but oh. the fit between him and Nico Jokic, and I said this on the pod we did after game five, but just on the court, how they play off of one another, it, it's so beautiful. It, it's so pot- potent. It's so good. And then just kind of the dynamic between them uh, in their intangibles. Just I wrote this today, but just like the emotional vulnerability and the leadership that Murray showed in that, yeah. that first round series against the Jazz – it's one of the more incredible things I've seen, like not just from a Nuggets player, but just from an athlete over the last couple of yeah. years that I can remember. Definitely. And Definitely. that's probably going to be the defining moment um, or one of the defining moments that sticks with him for a long time. And, and what a what a defining moment it was. And we spent years trying to figure out, can he be the second best player on a title team? Right. He can probably be the first best player on a title team if he's going to play like that. And In I a given just series, think- yeah. <clears throat> exactly. So when you get into this conversation of let's evaluate this season, like orange slices versus results or whatever, yeah, they might not be back. But when you're looking at a, a surefire top eight player and a guy who's going to start flirting with that list as well, if he keeps this up, you have to feel like, look, this wasn't luck. This wasn't outlier X, Y, or Z. This was our duos, one of the top three four duos in the league and that is a sustainable formula yeah i feel like what you saw from jamal is when you get the confluence of gifted um athlete and, and and undeniable skills mixed with emotional maturity um i feel like Jamal, as well as the rest of the world, went through a lot of like really insane things this year, and it gave a lot of time for reflection, um, understanding what's important, um, and and sort of like focusing on on craft and and you know really uh, devoting his entire mental state to getting better as a player and becoming a leader on the floor. Um, it's the type of thing, like if you see the same sort of like emotional and maturation come out of Michael Porter jr, he'll be the best player in the world. Um, Jamal just like really locked in and he, I feel like he, he learned a lot of humility, uh, for, for a variety of reasons. Um, and it made him not only stronger, it just made him more of a, it made him that leader. It made him somebody that people could rely on. And um, you just didn't really question his motives anymore. Um, And it was really remarkable, remarkable to behold. I mean, it's just everything you want to see out of, you know, when you, when you draft these young guys and you bring them into the league and you bring them under the wing of like a a strong leader, like Michael Malone, um, 
and you watch them, you know, develop in the correct way, what that can look like. You see, you know, we see so much potential in so many players that come into the NBA, but they just get wayward with, you know, they, they start to buy into their own hype a little too much. And, you know, they start to worry about, you know, their fits and this and so that. So does this and, though, cause we talk about this with Michael Porter and I, I think Michael Porter, like Jamal Murray is somewhere in between Jokic and Porter mentally. But, yeah. But Murray is certainly was a guy that thought yeah. he was hot stuff or this That's or that. I mean. like, part of what you're talking about Harrison this year with Murray was the maturation process just as a person. And, um, you know, it was very easy for me to have conceived a Jamal Murray that thought he was Steph Curry before he was actually this good and went off the rails and derails a team that was trying to rebuild. He went through the right steps, and I think now he gets it. And I think your hope is that Michael Porter, the concerns with him maybe are legitimate, and maybe he speaks out of turn and doesn't quite always understand this stuff. But it's also his first year really being a part of the team. What happens in his second and his third? And if he can have that same process and maybe Michael Malone or whoever it is that deserves the most credit, the entire organization for creating that culture, there's at least hope that Michael Porter can grow into the right best version of himself for this team. No doubt. Mm. Well, I hope that is the case. Well, this was fun. I think this will we'll make this a two-parter, but this was a good one. This was a good <laughs> return to the offseason. I don't think there's, this this a good the there, there's nothing our listeners want more than just an hour, 45 minutes uh, of us rehashing our takeaways from the season <laughs> one, one day later so stay tuned guys we'll have some announcements in the coming days about what does our podcast schedule is going to look like we're going to want to do a lot of live shows throughout the off season we probably won't do them all five days of the week like we did for the quarantine process but we will come up with a schedule a consistent schedule so you guys can come and hang out with us while we record live and participate live because we just think those are a lot of fun and, and really unique so uh, like I said, a whole mix of stuff that's going to be going on in the offseason. This is a very important offseason. We're going to have a giant draft show. I don't know if you guys follow our NFL draft and, and our baseball draft, but we, we're going to do the draft show right. It's going to be the best draft show you could possibly watch live the entire time. We're going to start ramping up for that. So a lot of cool stuff happening with us over at, at, at DNVR, thednvr.com. Don't forget to check it out. All right, everybody else, we're signing off. Have a good one. We'll be back again tomorrow Peace. with a brand new episode. Uh, no matter what type of student you are, guys, MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. doesn't matter if you're a first-time freshman or if you're looking to finish up your degree. MSU Denver Online, they have an awesome selection of classes. They have great teachers. The content that you learn is super relevant and can help you even outside the classroom. Uh, so check out their full course list online, msudenver.edu backslash online. Maybe you can take a class this fall, this uh, next spring, uh, next summer. Like I said, tons of different options and they have classes for you know, every type of student. So uh, check them out.